0: From the Hype HQ studio in Chicago, Illinois, it's Startup Hype Man, the podcast. Hello everyone, my name is Raj Nation and I am the founder of Startup Hype Man. Fast growing startups work with me because they wanna become better storytellers. Whether that's for customers, investors, or a packed audience, they know that story is their ticket to stand out, stand apart, and change the game. And this podcast here is where I talk with entrepreneurs and leaders in the startup ecosystem, ranging from scale stage to early stage, as they share specific strategies that they have executed to stand out across three specific areas, sales, marketing, and people. Before we begin today's episode, remember you can head to StartupHypeMan.com and subscribe to the newsletter that doesn't suck. You'll get new podcast episodes and timely reads written by me, but also helpful articles from around the web and a notice of upcoming pitch competitions. All right, let's dive in and hear how today's guest is changing the game. Ladies and gentlemen, making her way to the microphone from the south of Sweden and currently residing in Copenhagen, Denmark. She is the CEO of Presentor. Please welcome Sarah (laughs) Leander-Person!
1: Thanks, Raj, for that awesome introduction, and thanks so much for, for having me.
0: I'm happy to have you. Hey, you said you are a rookie when it comes to being a podcast guest, but now you have the best introduction, I think, for being on a podcast. <laughs> I definitely
1: think so. I think, I mean, for future podcasts, there's little that I can top that.
0: <laughs> Your future webinars, maybe, maybe we'll just have that audio clip playing for you when you when you begin. So yeah, she yeah. is Sarah Leander, person CEO of Presentor. Presentor has 4,500 users across the, across the globe from 75 customers, including Circle K, WS Audiology, um, Boo. They are at 17 employees strong, and Presentor is the sales enablement tool that helps you sell more. With Presentor, you can improve customer dialogue, visualize your value proposition, qualify leads faster with buyer intent, ultimately increasing win rates and helping your company sell more. They've got awesome ratings on G2 Crowd. And today, Sarah is here to talk about how to accelerate deals in your funnel. Sarah, why is this on your mind? And why is this important to you?
1: Because the faster you can close those deals, the faster you get them on board as customers, and the faster you can grow your company. That's basically it.
0: And I think it's a really important topic for a lot of companies because I think deal stallage, if we want to call it that, it happens. I think to every. I don't think anyone is impervious to that. Um, and I'm really curious to hear your strategies on how Presentor has hacked this more or less. Before we dive into that, let's learn a little bit more about you and your background. Um, I learned from our pre-conversation before we started recording that you grew up in a tiny, tiny town in the south of Sweden. I am curious: a) how many people was that town when you say tiny, and then b). What was that upbringing like and how did, how did you go from that to, you wouldn't necessarily expect small town Sweden to end up being CEO of a tech company. So what was that upbringing like and how do you feel it ended up helping or maybe not helping you get into tech?
1: Yeah, well, that's a really good quest- question. To begin with, that tiny, tiny little town was about 5,000 people. Wow. And it was like a little fisherman village where uh, we were really uh, influenced by, by uh, our history of, of, of living from the, from the ocean. Um, and it was an extremely idyllic upbringing, upbringing, I have to say. I mean, I lived next door with my grandparents and it was very safe and, and you know, the kind of place where people don't lock their doors. But my parents were, were entrepreneurs and uh, had their own company. And my my father was really uh, the one who wanted to make it big, right? So he had big visions. And around the, the dinner table, we always talked about sales and how's it going and how many customers we had and, and and so on. So that was always a really big mm-hmm. part of my life. And uh, tech was really not on my agenda. I mean, uh, I, I I actually belong to the, the the generation that grew up without social media and, and those kind of things. So tech was didn't exist. So I, I think that has both both pros and cons, uh, being fortunate to to have lived like that. But then uh, when I was eighteen I've always had a big fascination and and interest for for new cultures and and, uh, other languages and and Exploring uh, the rest of the world. So I actually left the small town and and Sweden at that point and and uh, over the years I've I've managed to to flow through eight countries and a lot of amazing people and and cultures and that have, have shaped me as human and then as about Five years ago, I kind of decided for myself actually that you know what is the future? Where where do I want my career to to be? What do where where will the future take all of us? And that's tech. It's as simple as that. So I uh, I decided I was working um, as an international business development uh, consultant at the time and and, uh, and advising companies on how to grow internationally. And I decided to make the move into tech. And I, uh, I joined Presenter because I saw, I met uh, our founder and, and saw that this is something that I just have to be part of. This is so cool. I've been in sales in one way or the other my entire life. And then I'm, I, I encountered this sales enablement, sales and presentation platform. That could do all the things. It solved my my problems as a as a salesperson, and I just thought it was so cool, and I had to be part of it, that journey. And uh, so I I joined the company as in a totally different role um, to to head up uh, our customer success at that point in time, uh, and and then uh, almost two years ago now, uh, we uh, we took in. Uh, uh, a round of funding and new investors and then I took over the role as a CEO to to facilitate our, our growth journey and and basically world dominance
0: I actually I really want to know more about that transitioning into CEO but before that like I, I'm curious to learn back when you were a kid and you were learning like sales via fishermanry if that's the right phrase <laughs> uh, what, what would uh what would you say is like the biggest sales lesson you learned growing up from your father?
1: So, um, my father uh, or my parents were were actually in furniture. Uh, we were we we had a, a chain of stores selling selling furniture and, and predominantly mattresses actually. Uh, and I remember when I was sixteen and I joined the company as um, as a sales rep, and uh, I felt really insecure in selling these fairly expensive products um to to people twice my age and I remember this one advice that my my father gave me and my mother actually was both of them they said no matter what you always know more than the customer because you know everything about all the products that we have in here and they don't so and then the rest is actually only asking questions and listening and if you listen to them then it's a conversation and then it ends up being a sale because you help them answer the questions that they have and that was really an advice that has has uh, influenced me uh, always and it's, it's still today and that is a large part of what presenter is also actually
0: yeah you know more than yeah and giving yourself the ability to know more than your customer right through a, through a tech
1: yeah and be- believing in yourself that that you can help someone regardless of of your background and their background if as long as you actually uh, honestly and, and 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 truthfully listen to them uh and 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 you're curious about their needs and ask questions and then, of course, there is a lot of learning, especially in more advanced B two B sales, to, to actually understand what does those answers actually mean, and and how how can you uh, transform that into to uh, s- proposing a solution that that will solve their problems.
0: Let's talk about where you mentioned how you transitioned from customer success, head of customer success, into the CEO role. Um, Typically at companies that are around, you know, you're at 17 employees, but typically you don't see until I would say maybe even a hundred or 200 employees. Would the founder actually transition out of being like the head and pull someone else from the company to actually take on the CEO role? So can you just share, because I think that's a really interesting sort of tidbit that you have at your company. It just, it doesn't happen often. Can you share why that happened and, um, sort of what was the what was the impetus for that and was it a smooth transition
1: I think um, all of these kind of transitions are, are always come with some hiccups and and its own set of challenges uh, whether you're transitioning when when you're our size of 17 employees or um, when you're if, 200 there's always challenges um i think for for us it was the right time um so our previous um ceo so our founder Mikael field he's still he's in the company and um and when the company was very very young uh our former ceo um joined the company and became a, um, a co-owner so he's basically a Co-founder, he came in very, very early, and he, he had some great uh, assets and and is super skilled, but he had a more consultative, consultative um, skill set and, and approach to, to selling. And, uh, Presenter is a, is a software company. We're a, we're a SaaS company. Uh, and, and we need to sell licenses and, and software and have recurring revenue and, and, and build that up. And, uh, when we took it on new investors and, and, uh, started our growth journey, uh, then, we also identified that okay, if, let's make it right from the beginning and take the focus on the software and the licenses. Um, and then we all came to the conclusion that that uh, uh, I was better equipped to handle that journey, which is of course super fun and, and an honor to to take on that challenge. And and I'm totally up for making that and and uh, turning presenter into the success that I believe that that we we can be. Um, but if, if you ask me if it's been a, an easy ride, no, I don't <laughs> think it's ever an easy ride <laughs> for 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 most startups, at least. And there's, there's always things that you have to figure out, and for for us, it was actually to a large extent um, uh, eating our own medicine, if you can say that in mm-hmm. in uh, in uh, as, a, as an English proverb, uh, using our own platform to succeed in our sales, actually.
0: And I think it's it's especially, I think, almost impressive because it takes a lot to for a person to remove their ego, especially at an earlier stage of a company, to say, I'm not best equipped to lead this company to where it needs to go. Let's have someone else do this. Um, so I, I think it's... Uh, I'm just very fascinated that. That's part of the, the presenter story. Um, let's talk. Let's kind of transition now into our, our main topic for today, which is accelerating deals through the funnel. Can you talk through um, just a little bit better idea? You know, I gave, I gave a brief introduction of what the platform is, but can you just talk through a little bit about what is presenter and who do you actually sell into?
1: yeah uh, definitely so presenter is I think you described it quite well uh, just to to give you a little bit of kudos also but presenter is a is a digital sales management platform we're a sales and presentation tool um, that helps sales reps save time because they have everything they need in one place it's always prepared you always have everything you need for any kind of sales meeting. Uh, and the number two is because we also have the possibility to, to use interactive sales content, you get a much better customer dialogue. It is a world of a difference because you can actually engage and create uh, live customer cases together with your customer, which enables you to drill down so much more and into their needs and and how you actually solve their problems. And then, the last part is that because we're a digital platform and because we're interactive, we enable automatic data collection. So anything that happens in the sales meeting is automatically recorded and then also automatically fed into your CRM system. Hmm. So you actually don't need to take meeting notes because the system does it for you. And if it's one thing that a lot of sales reps hate and don't do, it's it's actually entering data into CRM systems.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's definitely the worst part. <laughs>
1: yeah, so, so with our platform, we, we try to solve three things. So we, we make life easier for marketing because they can push material to all sales reps at once and they're always updated. Uh, Two, um, getting better customer dialogue, which increases the likelihood of closing deals and, and accelerating the sales Uh, process. And three, we we help the the organization as a whole to ensure data quality and and CRM entry. And sales reps are happy that they don't need to enter so much stuff into CRM. It just happens.
0: Can you talk through the types of companies who are your target buyers? Um, And I I mean, I'm going to assume it's B2B, uh, but uh, I see at least, you know, from what I mentioned up front, Circle K, Ambu, uh, WS, uh, FOSS as well as on your website. But yeah. when you look at, okay, Hey, this is our ideal customer profile. What, 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 what does that funnel or that audience funnel look like?
1: So, uh, originally we targeted only B2B, um, as we have progressed and as our, we have become better at, ident- at identifying our ICP Um, it has changed a bit and has become more companies with complex product portfolios. Mm. So um, WS Audiology, for example, they sell hearing aids. They use us uh, in B2C because selling selling a hearing aid is a complex product where you need to have a, a really good customer dialogue in order to sell the best solution. Uh, another area where we uh, excel and where we see where our platform fits really well is the insurance um, industry, where we need to make something complex appear really simple and make the customer understand what you're, you're saying, where you can use a combination of visuals, interactivity, uh, and building the customer's own case in a sales presentation. Um, but then also like FOSS and AMBU, FOSS is an engineering company, but they have complex machines um, that can take a lot of different shapes. So you need to identify, okay, what is, you need to be help the sales rep identify, okay, which machine in which way, and, and basically make that customer journey, and sales journey as yeah. easy as possible so that you accelerate the, the sales process. Um, so it's then, kind of
0: like if if a company, if on their website, they have that drop-down menu at the top of their page that says solutions, and there's like nine things in that drop-down menu, they would yeah. be a good customer?
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, with this being your target customer now, how long, generally speaking, is your average sales cycle? And who all on the buyer side who all is in actually not just on the buyer side on both sides who all is involved in this involved in this sales slash buying process
1: yeah so our our average sales process is for for smaller deals um it's one to one to two months but for for larger deals then we generally have one to three months for closing a pilot project and then uh, Six months for the actual license deal. So it, it depends a little bit on on which customer we're dealing with. Um, but one two months for the smaller ones, and and three to six for for the bigger ones.
0: So um, three to six yeah. can really test a person's patience, on, a salesperson's patience, especially because they have quota to hit. Um, the excitement of getting a first meeting can it's like, it's such like delayed gratification because it's the beginning of a potentially six month climb. I'm curious with that said, what were some initial assumptions that you and your team had about how the sale would go? Um, like maybe did you think it would go faster than it was actually happening? And then, and were those assumptions proven true and, and, and how did you, I guess, deal with, with maybe the reality of it all?
1: Well, basically in 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 all honesty and and uh, i'm i'm pro honesty all of our some all of our assumptions yeah. were basically proven wrong <laughs> uh, and and uh we've learned a lot of things the hard way uh which i think is is often a, a good uh, actually it's it's hard but it it's uh gratifying in the long run and um we thought we definitely thought that the sales would happen faster um but uh, we did um, accept that we have a complex product. We need we 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 involve multiple stakeholders, uh, especially when when dealing with enterprise customers. We we have our main uh, stakeholder or our main buyer is the sales director almost always, but often it's not uh, him or her and their team that is responsible for creating the content that goes into our platform. So that's marketing. So then we need to involve marketing and then we need to also sell to them and and drill down on their needs and make sure that they feel the same excitement about our platform and that we can solve some of their needs as well as the needs from the sales director, who is our primary stakeholder. And then often, of course, in, in larger organizations and bigger, bigger buying processes or sales processes, you also involve IT because we're a new SaaS uh, platform that needs to be integrated in the IT landscape. Um, and then, of course, you have legal uh, when it comes to data protection and um, data security and in Europe. Um, then also GDPR, uh, who... who is here to protect us, but but still it, it poses some some challenges. So for the bigger deals then then yeah, it's multiple stakeholders and it's complex and it just simply takes time. And that's why in our three to six months like because I completely agree with you, it tests anyone's patience and excitement over a new deal. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to have uh, to split it up. So that's why we we always more or less when we look at a bigger deal go for a a pilot project where we and that's also because we don't want unhappy customers we don't want a bad fit customer because then they're going to leave us and we're going to invest a lot in them they're going to invest a lot in us and, and then nobody's happy so with a pilot project we're it's like it's like dating before you marry um and uh, and that's proven to be really good for both parties both on our side where we then involve, we have our, our, um, our account executive and we always involve customer success also because they are the ones who enter the marriage, basically once that happens and it's really important to have a good relationship already from the start. And then once the, the buying process is closer to an end, then we also involve our legal uh, and their legal and, and so on. So, but by by splitting it up into okay, first we have like a part win together with only the 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 sales department that we're targeting, and then we do the pilot project. The pilot project is split up in in very clear phases, and then we have the final win.
0: The idea of splitting it up, I think, is definitely um, it's definitely smart. Now. When you said your initial assumptions just were all <laughs> just off the wall prior to instituting this like pilot program, where were you finding the deals were falling apart? Was it the sales director really wanted it, and then marketing didn't even want to look at it, or was it something else?
1: We um, it fell apart in, in basically two places, uh, and one of them was that we we were so our platform was a little bit ahead of our time. Um, so it's a digital sales platform. And, and in all honesty, it's, it's only now in the past um, one or two years, that at least in, in Northern Europe, that, that it's really become something a need to have, more than a nice to have. So what we failed at uh, initially was posi- positioning ourselves as a mm-hmm. need to have instead of a nice to have. And it stalled the sales process um, and cost um, a lot of our potential deals to fall through. And what we did and and what is so important and, and what, ch- what was total game changer was when we started eating our own medicine. So doing the proper needs discovery. Mm documenting that and visualizing our impact with impact models. So building that case together with the customer, what is the impact that you will experience with our platform? Is it that you will save significant time by, uh, by using Presenter in your sales process and that way you can, you can handle more deals? Or is it that you will have a higher conversion rate than you've had before and that way increase your earnings? Um, and then plotting in their own numbers and then holding that up against the investment in presenter. And like in, in nine out of 10 times, the investment in presenter is, is peanuts compared to the potential gain. And once we made this extremely clear to them and we used our own platform to, to make value calculations visually, then everything changed. And we started closing deal after deal after deal and much faster.
0: It's interesting, so let's unpack that a little bit more. You call it an impact model. Can you break down what that looks like and how you're doing that? I think you said you're doing that side by side, like collaboratively with the buyer. Yeah. How does that work?
1: So uh, basically it's an Excel calculation. So we go in and we say, we build up a a hypothesis together with the customer. One of the things, one of our impact models is called, what if you could increase your conversion rate with 1%? We know from uh, cases with our, our existing customers that we can increase conversion rate by much more than that. but. By going in modestly and say, okay, what if what if we can increase it only by 1%? What, what would that mean to you in dollars and cents? Uh, then we can open their eyes to why it's worth investing in our platform. So we go in and we actually ask, okay, how many, how many sales reps are you? How many uh, opportunities do you have on average every month? What's your average deal size? What's your conversion rate today? And then we plot that in, and then let's say that they have a conversion rate of 42%. And then we say, okay, what, what would it mean to you if by using Percenter, we can increase that conversion rate to 43%? And then by using uh, this calculation, they, they get a number. They get an actual number of, okay, we can increase our sales by $50,000 per month by using uh, Presenter. And then we basically jump one level down and we say, okay, so if you can increase your sales by $50,000 a month and then you have the investment into Presenter would be $10,000. Well, then you you basically have it earned back in no time. And before we only, we talked a lot and we of course presented all of our USPs and we, we, we did everything the same, but then when it came to those $10,000 for investing in presenter, for example, just as an example, it was like, ooh, ah, okay, that's, that's a lot and ah, that feels really scary. And, and it's, it's, it's really, it's a new type of technology and, and we don't know if, if, if uh, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a big decision. But when you present the gain first and then the investment, the the decision becomes much less scary.
0: Interesting. So this really becomes an ROI sale. Uh, I yeah. want to dig a little bit further into that. And for everyone listening, um, what presenters platform is and what we're discussing today with Sarah is this idea of basically how to become better at sales. And another way to become better at sales is through sales hacker. They are a partner of this podcast. And if you're not familiar with them, they are the smartest community for forward-thinking B2B professionals. It's over 135,000 members and growing every single day. And it's a community for people like the CEO, so if you're like Sarah, or if you're the head of sales, or if you're a SDR or an account executive or anywhere in between, even if you're a marketer, Sales Hacker helps you get better at your job with podcasts, articles, webinars, and research from actual sales experts and practitioners, including yours truly. Every now and then I'm a contributor on Sales Hacker. Uh, They've just created a whole brand new website that's interactive, so now you can not only just absorb the content there, you can actually get involved in discussion boards on all of the articles. They're doing weekly Ask Me Anythings with different sales leaders and executives where, for example, someone recently did an AMA on how they build out their own sales process. Someone recently started a discussion board asking what's the best way to break the ice on LinkedIn. And of course, I replied to that and said, my Fresh Prince video is the best way to break the ice on LinkedIn. But regardless, uh, there's a lot of discussion-worthy content on saleshacker.com and you get it all for free. All you have to do is go to saleshacker.com and that's where you will be able to access The podcast, the articles, the webinars, the research, all that good stuff. The Ask Me Anythings, the discussion boards, for free at saleshacker.com. Once again, all that material, all for you at www.saleshacker.com. Today's show is also brought to you by the Blissful Prospecting Think Outside the Script Summer Virtual Tour. My friend Jason Bay, who kicked off our new season here on the show, is leading this basically sales version of a summer music festival so the sales version of Lollapalooza if you will it's over 40 speakers across 105 days stretching into early October about all things prospecting and getting attention and getting leads so if you want to learn how to send better cold emails make better cold calls be better with your LinkedIn game be have a better personal brand improve your mindset and psychology around picking up the phone and calling a stranger all of these things jason and blissful prospecting are bringing in different practitioners thought leaders and company leaders to speak to their expertise and help the sales community grow i recently had my session back in mid-august and there's a whole lot more coming up through the early parts of october Heavy hitters in the game, Dale Dupree, Todd Capone, Beck Holland, Anita Nielsen, the list goes on and on, Leah Niederthal. All of that is available, and this is also all for free at tour.blissfulprospecting.com. You can sign up. All the sessions are live and interactive, but you get the recordings as well, but let me tell you from joining some of them myself, they are, uh, they are best when consumed live. It's two to three sessions per week, all happening around midday in the U.S., tour.blissfulprospecting.com. You can sign up for as many or as few as you want. The average attendee is signing up for over 15 total talks, tour.blissfulprospecting.com. Today on Startup Hype Man, the podcast, we are with Sarah Leander Person, who is the CEO of Presenter, and we're talking about accelerating deals through your funnel. Now, Sarah, before the break, you mentioned how you create that buyer impact model alongside the customer, to be able to say, okay, well, if you get you know, X percent increase in revenue and this were to only cost, say, $10,000, does that make it worth it for you? And then they see how the cost investment isn't as significant as they once assumed. What I'm curious to understand from that is, so we did an episode earlier, uh, uh, was it this season or last season? I think it was last season on this show with David Premer, who's a sales trainer, and actually his whole premise was like, he calls it the paradox of ROI selling, where once you start trying to sell on ROI, which I agree with a lot of it as well, is you start to get too heavy into the rational brain. And then the the other person tries to make a lot of calculations to say why you're wrong uh, and justify why they're right. Now, it sounds like you're having much different experience in selling based on ROI. Can you just talk through like, I, I guess more than anything, can you just respond to what I just said about uh, how ROI selling can work can backfire against you? Oh,
1: of course. Sometimes you you do have those uh, types of individuals that that really want to prove you're wrong, and, and that I think that's that's natural. But when I talk impact model rather than than ROI, it's actually because it's it's um, I. ROI is a part of of building an impact model because your Im- the impact that you can create uh, with your solution it can be many different things. So it's not for us. It's not of course our our ROI is always that you increase your sales using Presenter in one way or the other. It can be by saving time or or by actually you know closing more deals. But the the important part is when doing these when doing ROI calculations. Uh, or general impact models on time, or on less sick leave, or on um, any kind of impact that, that you create from your organization, you involve the customer. And that is, in my uh, experience and opinion, the essence. Because if you make the sales process not necessarily your sales process, but you make it the buyer's buyer process. And ROI, if, if you don't have your Pardon my French, shit together. Um, <laughs> when you do an ROI uh, calculation, if you can't argue for what it is that you're saying, yeah, then it's going to backfire. So you need to have arguments to back up the, the, the assumptions that you're making. Uh, and you need to go in modest. You, you can't blow up a big number and say, we can guarantee you that you're going to uh, achieve this or, and, and create and, and present something that's unrealistic to the customer. You need to go in modest. You need to uh, understand and realize and you only bring in an ROI calculation when you've done your proper needs discovery and when you understand the customer. Otherwise, don't go that way. But it's a great, great tool to use especially uh in virtual sales meetings which a lot of us are dealing with right now Mm. due to the 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 global uh 19 situation because when you're in a virtual sales meeting you it's just a screen and two people that never met before you and it's much more difficult to connect you need something to to connect with and then interacting with content together and not just being presented to content allows to create that common base between the buyer and the seller and neutralizing things to facilitate the the buyer's process and uh, and also then actually accelerating the sales process.
0: Can you talk through, so part of this process is, uh, as you mentioned, like getting them set up on a pilot as well. Now, actually, my first quick question is, does the pilot come before or after the impact model? After. Okay, so you do the impact model, then you get them set up on a pilot. Um, How do you ensure then that, I I think the challenge with pilot is they have to actually make use of it, right? Uh, You can give someone free usage of your product, but I I think a lot of times because it's free, they're like, oh, I'll get to it tomorrow. And they keep pushing off tomorrow because they're not paying for it. So how do you actually ensure they use it and find success with it?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question, and we've struggled a lot with that, and I think a lot of people, a lot of companies do. Um, so we, have, we basically split up in, in two also. We have our free trial, which is 14 days, and you can just that, – that's for our, um, our smaller, smaller accounts or those who just want to get a taste for what is this. And to be honest, we use it as a lead generation more than anything else. Um, as soon as someone hits uh, signs up for a free trial, we are on them and mm-hmm. we want to create a human connection. So we, we use technology to bring them in, and, but we want to talk to them and we want to hold their hand. So we, we offer them training, we offer demos so that we can actually do, these, um, do the impact models and explain about our platform because it's, it's a complex platform and, and it, you need help to get started uh, and get the most out of it. Um and then uh once they have gone through the free trial, sometimes they don't go through free trial, they just get a demo, and then they might decide on a on 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 a pilot who then and then we actually charge for that pilot, so God, we, okay, so
0: the pilot yeah. is a different thing than the free trial,
1: yeah exactly um yeah. but but the free trial is is uh it's yeah, there's always the discussion of, should there be a free trial? And I fully mm-hmm. agree with you. It's, uh, it's, it's not always that it's beneficial. And, um, and it depends on what you, if you're a fully automated platform where you don't necessarily have a, a, a sales rep involved, yeah, then you need to be really, really sharp on your free trial. Um, Well, and
0: I think it's interesting because, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like now now your primary button on your website is, is free trial as opposed to book demo, but it sounds like you're kind of just using that as a Trojan horse to get in with the company and like the second someone signs up for a free trial, you're actually kind of using it to be like, okay, well, let's talk and maybe the free trial is not what you want to do right now. Like you have access to it for whatever, 14 days, but let's actually take you through our sales process. Get you through an impact model and get you on a paid pilot it's just almost like but in the background they could have access to the platform if they wanted for two weeks is that is that kind of right
1: that's totally right That and yeah. that is what we use it for yeah and i think that's and pretty we, smart
0: because a lot of companies and i think it'll depend on complexity of the software and complexity of the sale but i think a lot of people think free trial automatically equals, oh, they'll just see it, they'll start using it, and then they'll just convert, you know, in a week and two weeks time. But in your case, it's like, there's no possible way they could convert without your interaction.
1: Sometimes they do, they can. Um, oh, interesting, okay, I see. Yeah, so they can, actually. We, we, you can even sign up with just your credit card and you can, uh, you can, you can just run with it yourself. Um, so that happens. That's not where our, our main sales come from. Um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, building in Presenter and creating your, your interactive content in Presenter is not more difficult than, than doing it in PowerPoint. You just mm. get a lot more. Um, but if if you're a slightly larger organization, like basically only tel- 10 sales reps and up, you, you at least uh, will be wanting to talk to us. And, and we see that we have a much higher conversion rate when we do talk to them. Even if they don't need a pilot, if they just convert, then we have much happier customers. And, uh, and, 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 and a, yeah, longer customer lifetime value when we have a personal relationship with them.
0: Well, and I think for those smaller companies that may not be ready yet, um, no, maybe exactly. they didn't buy and if they're not ready yet, when they are ready and they've already, I don't know, even just clicked around your software for a little bit, you're probably first in their consideration set. They're like, oh yeah, we ke- oh yeah, what was that? Oh yeah, it was Presenter. We should probably go back to them.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's it's um, it's also where, and that's been a process for ourselves also to figure out. Okay, what? Let's back to the ICP, right? Where should we spend our time? Um, and Presenter is is as a platform can be used by any b2b company out there like really uh, it's it's like it's it's instead of of uh, it's one collecting your your content one place pushing it out and creating a great customer experience anyone but where do which types of companies do we really want to invest in and want to be like 100% sure that we give the best possible buyer experience and and get them through the sales process. Yeah, so we have the free trial to enable anyone to use our platform, but where we invest more, of course, in those who who match our
0: ICP. I've got a final question here before we hit our wrap-up. In this process, actually, I should say two final questions. And my first question is, what if their sales reps are just bad <laughs> and you know, like your stuff can help, but what if they do, they're lacking like base skills to be able to succeed at their job. Like how, when you get to that pilot stage, what's the understanding of how much is their responsibility versus how much is your responsibility?
1: Yeah. So, so that that's definitely been a learning process for all for us also. So, uh, in the pilot program, we set up uh, very early on in basically in the kickoff meeting, we agree on the success criteria together with the customer, and those we of course we can come with our suggestions. But the success criteria definitely depends on the company and where they are at and the specific ch- set of challenges that they have in their sales and where they believe the presenter can help them. And then again, we always try to pull down expectations so that they, because we did that, we made that mistake in the beginning too, we kind of blew, blew up expectations like, oh, we're going to help you with everything. But no, okay, we go in and we fix, we, we want to solve this, this and that. And um, what are your expectations? We ask them straight out, and then we basically come back with if that's realistic or not, and if we should you know, downscale it, or even if we say, okay, maybe we can expect more. Um, so that it is really collaboration between us and the customer. Um, and then we use our experience from previous pilots and previous companies to know where those expectations should be set in order to ensure that the customer ends up being happy and gets the value and then i like your comment though about what if their sales firms suck uh (laughs) and they just can't close deals well so what our platform does is is that we go in and regardless of where you are at the scale we should be a or we we know that we're able to lift you so Mm -hmm. even if you're like on a one out of ten well then we can get you up to a at least a two, yeah. yeah. If you're at a 10 out of a 10, yeah, then it's maybe difficult to, to make you better. But according to all the statistics out there, it's like two out of 10 sales reps that are really good. The rest definitely have room for improvement. At least the eight out of 10, we know that we can get at least one step up with, by using our platform. And that by get, and that's the conversation that we have with our customers. And what is what would that one step up mean to them in in uh, in dollars and cents
0: and with all of these improvements to your sales process, how has it accelerated it for presenter what was what was the previous le- average length and and is it now down to three to six months or you've actually made, condensed it even more than that
1: so we actually we used to have a sales process of s- six months to a year, even with our larger accounts. And that is now down to three to six months. And then for our smaller accounts, we we can close in, in anything yeah. from a week to two, two months, depending on. Well, that's
0: impressive goes. because when you go from a year and you cut that in half, you can actually double your revenue in a single year then, right? Exactly, yeah. That's great. Where can our listeners uh, find Presenter? Where can they find you? Where can they learn more?
1: So follow us on LinkedIn or Facebook. Uh, Just search for Presenter with Z uh, or head over to our website, uh, Presenter.com. And there you find all of our contact details. You can sign up for a free trial, but do expect to be contacted (laughs) by
0: us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, to to close out, we will give our top we'll each give our top one or two lessons or takeaways for the listeners based on our discussion today. I'll go first, then I'll toss it over to you. Our topic today was accelerating deals through your funnel. Um, for me, I think the one of the big things that this made me think of, uh, often when I'm working with sales teams and I'm helping them improve their you know sales acumen, when there's multiple stakeholders involved, I think a lot of times the sales team's default is to uh, just be like, and, and they know how people need to get involved. They'll just kind of ask something like, okay, so who else is involved in the buying process? Which is a kind of, it's like a flat question. Uh, oftentimes the person doesn't totally know who else should be involved on their side or they're just not going to like tell you that with that kind of a question. So depending on the situation, a lot of times I'll recommend to get into the, like better get in with the company is ask one of two ways. Ask um, or, or say, hey, so typically when we have these kinds of conversations, these other people are also involved and this person would be involved next. Does that make sense for you? Or does that sound like a plan for you? Um, Do you see that happening here? The other way that I'll uh, often recommend is to say, um, hey, so I know we've had a great conversation. Typically there's other people that need to get involved as well. Who's gonna be pissed off if they were not informed about this kind of a thing? And, that, and that's just a better way to get people thinking about who should be involved Is say, who's going to get mad if they, if they are not brought into this?
1: I think that's a great recommendation. I, I mean, the, it, it makes a world of a difference to be so upfront uh, with that. And yeah. that's, it's, uh, because then you basically cut the, the bullshit and, yeah. and you say, okay, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to waste my time here uh, because what I'm offering is serious and I know uh, the value of it. And I want you to take me seriously, uh, seriously also. So I think that's a that's brilliant.
0: And on your end, your top one or two lessons or takeaways for the listeners today?
1: That would be to identify your ideal customer profile as early on as possible. Because you, when you target too widely, um, you run the risk of having stalled opportunities in your sales process because they don't really see the value or or your solution doesn't really fit them and then you you waste your time on on customers that are might never going to buy so Identify that as, as early as possible as you can, when you, especially when you start up uh, a, new, a new company. It's, it's not always easy, but if you keep it in mind already from the beginning, it's, it's definitely gonna help you. And then uh, number two is figure out the value that you create for your customers and visualize it in one way or, not, or, or another. And, and then cr- and and work with these impact models that I talked about before, and it doesn't matter what the value is; it can always be visualized or numerized in one way or the other, because the better you do that, the the deeper of a dialogue you can you can have with your customer faster, and that also means you can close the deal faster.
0: My final question, which is how we end every episode of this show. Fill in the blank, Sarah. Entrepreneurship is blank.
1: Challenging status quo. Definitely. Believing in that something can be done better and daring to work to make that happen.
0: Believing something can be done better and daring to make that happen. Challenging the status quo. I love it. Sarah Leander-Person, thank you so much for joining us today on Startup Hype Man, the podcast.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed it.
0: That wraps up today's conversation. Did you like what you heard? Startup Hype Man, the podcast, is available on every major platform, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and more. So be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice and leave a rating and review. Do you want to be an upcoming guest on the show? Email media at startuphypeman.com with your idea, and my team will review. Our theme song is Change the Game by Jay-Z, all rights owned by Rockefeller and Def Jam Records. And hey, if you want to work together on making your startup story the only one that matters, email me at Rajiv at StartupHypeMan.com. That's R-A-J-I-V at StartupHypeMan.com. Well, that'll do it for today. Thank you for listening. Thank you to today's guests for joining. You have been checking out Startup Hypeman the podcast. I'll catch you next week. But in the meantime, word up, raise up.